Hey everyone, Lou Mavs here from the Music is Live podcast with a really important question. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get Music is Life off the ground, I had a lot of questions, such as how do I record an episode, how do I get my show into all the apps that people like to listen, and how do I make money from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is real simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. This means that you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. Since I started my YouTube channel, I've been able to edit the audio on iMovie and then bump it to Anchor and distribute it on the podcast to everybody. And I still use Anchor to record audio-only podcasts. So if you always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me, Lou Maz of the Music is Live podcast, and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Looking for some new podcasts to listen to? Well, Rat Sound Review Network has plenty of shows to choose from. Like Rat Sound Review, where they discuss the latest rock and metal news, as well as interviews and albums. Album versus Album, the King Diamond Podcast, with Wayne Noon, Greg Noggle, and sometimes this guy. Schmackamagob! Ralph Vieira is also on our network with the Vieira Bowl. There's also Old Man Metal's Musings, where he discusses heavy metal and beer. Music is Life with Lou Mavs. The right opinion for those who love politics. A South Park podcast called Suck My Balls. The Infinite Fringe. A watch-along wrestling show called Beyond Bushido. Ex-Stradivarius guitarist, the Timo Tolki podcast. And the great Harry Barnett with I Don't Even Like Podcast and The Laugh Cast. So check out RatSoundReview.com or search RatSoundReview on YouTube, Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. You're listening to the Music is Life podcast with your host, Lou Mabs, on the Rat Sound Review Network. Music is Live podcast. This is your host, Lou Mavs. Check out everything you need to know about the show over at musicislivepodcast.com. I am very happy to have on my show today someone that I'm happy to call a friend and who is a musician on an international level. He has played, you've played practically everywhere in every country. That's no small feat. Very fortunate to do so. Having gotten a start in the late 80s in Jack Starr's Burning Star and also having formed the band that he has now released a new album with on Massacre Records. The name of the band, Holy Mother. Their new album is out right now. And I'm very happy to have on the show today, Mr. Mike Torelli. Mike, good to see you. you. Yeah, how are you doing, Lou? Doing all right. How have you been, man? Been great. I mean, everything is great. I'm blessed, you know, that everything's going so well and, you know, living life to the fullest, you know, and I'm very excited about the new Almas, you know. We've been doing so many podcasts and interviews and people are very interested in, uh, you know, Holy Mother again. We haven't released an album I think it's like 17, 18 years now. So we're back again. Glad to have you back. And the new album is called Face This Burn. It is available on Massacre Records right now, and we're going to talk about that release, plus a really cool single that Holy Mother just released a couple of weeks ago. Yes, Mean Street. Mean Street from Van Halen, my yes. favorite album of all time, and they covered the opening track, and it sounds killer. It sounds so killer that you wouldn't think it was a Van Halen song. These guys, they did it their way, which is the way Eddie Van Halen wanted people to do it their way. 
Not Ooh. rip him off completely. You have a new member of the band as well, Mr. Greg Giordano, formerly its originist. We're going to get to all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not exactly. I got a lot to say about uh, the Van Halen thing and how it came about. And, but you'll ask that question, I believe. Definitely. So we'll get started with our lining, uh, line of questioning. And again, thank you for being on the show tonight. Yeah. So, Mike, as I opened up the show, I mentioned that you got your start in the 1980s with Jack Starr's Burning Star. In that time, you made a name for yourself both in your home state of New York and on an international level. What was it about music that made you want to pursue it as a career? Girls, drugs, and booze. Okay, good night, everybody. That's the reason why everyone does it. Good night. That was the (laughs) quickest interview ever. Obviously, that wasn't the case. Well, unless you're Gene Simmons, except for the drugs thing. We all know, regardless. Yeah, no, what what really uh, pushed, you know, pursued me to get into music was um, just the enjoyment of being around musicians and just, you know, being in front of people on stage is like an amazing, amazing feeling, as you know, being a musician yourself. When there's people out there, there's just a, there's an energy that is hard to explain at times. It is an addiction and it keeps, keeps you coming back for more, you know? So basically just, you know, being in the music scene and, and playing in, in front of people, large crowds at times, and sometimes not as, as large. But that that's basically what kept me coming back, you know, and uh, just being around great musicians as well. That is a pretty solid answer. <laughs> I would have accepted the drugs, money, and sex thing, but... Uh, <laughs> that's uh, what but... people expect, right? They yeah, that's that. pretty much what people accept, uh, expect. But the music industry today is such a far cry from where it was. What I remember was being promoted on MTV. What you remember growing up, what it was like, where that stuff was not only visible, but it was pushed. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of nice for me to say that now people are just focused on the music again. And especially with restrictions being opened up, people are ready to see live bands again. People are ready to go to concert halls. People are ready to just have fun and just enjoy themselves. So, you know, I think the new album couldn't have come at a better time. I agree. I really do. I mean, I started out with, uh, I was doing a project called Rising Five at the time, putting it out by myself. Um, and I reached out to uh, Thomas Hurtler at Massacre Records, same label that Messiah's Kiss is on from Germany, the other band that I'm in, actually. He was, very, you know, he was interested in putting it out. I was going to Released the EP to him. Then my wife, Janet, actually suggested, she said, why don't you just, you know, all the songs that you're writing. I mean, I'm always writing. I'm in my studio. I'm always writing. Why don't you just release a Holy Mother album? I mean, people are always asking about it. People in Europe always had, had the Toxic Rain record. It was a pretty popular record in Europe. I mentioned it to uh, to Thomas Hartler, and he was like, <laughs> he was a no-brainer fan. He's like, yeah, definitely. That's a great idea. So that's basically what brought me to uh, bring Holy Mother back. And then I was working with James Harris, who is the original drummer, was my lyricist for a lot of the songs. And he writes music, too. Basically, he writes a lot of the lyrics for, you know, for anything that I write or for Holy Mother. So the first song that we wrote that he helped me write was No Death Reborn, which was on Rising Five. Which is my second favorite song on the album, by the way. Great. Great. That's about opiate abuse. And, you know, obviously everyone knows about that young teens and people are really uh, addicted to, uh, you know, all the opioids and stuff and people are, you know, dying from it. So basically I sent him the song complete. I play all the instruments and all the drums, everything. And I sent it to him with the melody, with me mumbling. You know, that's what I do. I sing a melody and he always comes up with something really, really brilliant. So we discussed what we wanted wanted it to be about and uh and that's what he came came up with he wasn't even in the band yet but he really he liked it so much he's like this is great you know so and then um when i mentioned to him about holy mother let's put it back together he was like great idea let's do it he was ready to do it again so here we are 2021 holy mother's back and we're back with a vengeance ready to play and with jim i guess you guys kept stayed friends throughout Mm -hmm. all this time from the burning star days to today that's amazing how many friendships in the music industry actually like last the test of time um not that many just like you said yeah as many as marriages i got a couple (laughs) still but uh you know jim jim and i did stay you know in touch he he wrote a couple of uh uh like horror fictional books jim and um he did that for a while uh he was he toured with dirty looks back before holy mother actually he was in dirty looks the band Dirty looks and um he i think he's you know doing little things with music but he really got out of the business for 
a long time. So with me mentioning, you know, let's do this again, since, you know, we have a great chemistry, he was all for it. He thought it was the greatest thing. So here we are again. Resulted in a great album. So you started Holy Mother in the early to mid 90s with Jim. Also in the band were Spike Francis on guitar and the late great Randy Coven, rest in peace yeah. on bass. In 96, when your self-titled release was out, it was a time of flux in the world of music and pop culture, but you still thrived in Europe. For example, I remember the first time I heard of Holy Mother, I was 16 years old, and I think it was either late late 16, early 17, and there was a Dio tribute that came out, and you guys covered Holy Diver. Now, I didn't associate Holy Mother with being an American band, because at the time I was like, well, it's on a comp with a lot of European power metal bands. I go, it must be European. And I'm like, no, he lives east of where I'm, I was from in Astoria, Queens. So I was like, oh, they're a New York band. That's awesome. So here I am hearing you just tear the vocals down. I mean, you did such a killer job on that record. And I'm like, my God, this, this guy's got balls like a lion the way he's singing. He's got guts. You don't hear that a lot because at the time when I was a teenager, you know, it was a lot of, I call it the Dark Ages, Limp Biscuit and stuff like that. So it was great to hear someone actually sing yeah. <laughs> on a song, especially a Dio song. But uh, with the changes in the industry being as volatile as they were at the time that Holy Mother was releasing records in the late 90s, how was it for you to adapt to them? And even with the changes today? Basically, uh, we we dabbled in different styles uh, me, Randy Colvin, James Harris, and, uh, and Spike Francis. But our, our most popular record was the Toxic Rain record. And we were on a small label in Germany. And uh, he said to us, man, we I want a really heavy record. So that basically um, took us to where we thought we'd have a better chance of having a, uh, a bigger following in Europe with that kind of music because it was a, a European label as well. In America, the first album that we released, Holy Mother, with uh, Spike and Randy and uh, Jim, was more of a, like a hard rock record. It was like when the times were changing, like big time, you know, Nirvana and they weren't. They they were gonna. They were associating us as almost like without even listening to music, maybe a hair band, oh, and we I really weren't. Yeah. So we we went to different labels here in the states, and we didn't really shop, you know, uh, extensively. But we said, you know, well, let's just do something different now. We'll, you know, we'll focus on Europe because I had some kind of a name over there, and Randy too. And then we saw him with a small label and took it from there. You know, um, as far as the deal thing goes. We were asked to do the compilation on Century Me Century Media Records, right? With, Holy uh, Dio, yeah, Holy Dio with. Um... I think Axel Rudy Pell right, was Axel on it. He Pell. covered some sad. Um, let me see if I can remember some of it. I think it was Hammerfall doing "Man on the Silver right. Mountain." It was Primal Fear covering. Well, Kill you the know King. I, do, I mean, just I do drink. remember that. I I played the shit out of that record in my college radio. Jeff Scott Soto so. actually was singing with Ingve on that track. That they did. I think they did a uh, what track did they do? Gates of yes, Babylon. Indeed. There you go. <laughs> right, because that was also released on his covers okay. album that he released in like 96, 97. So I guess he just threw that. How the hell do I That's remember great. these things? Anyways, it's all you're in the you're DNA. Than Eddie Trump. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> Yes, the Holy Dio tribute that was released on Century Media, it was, it was a great comp, and I remember playing it on my college radio show religiously. So. What uh, college radio show was it? Or is oh, it uh, we couldn't be heard outside of the parking lot. It was uh, St. John's uh, University, okay. WSJU. <laughs> now they actually, I'm so happy for them that they actually have a presence on the internet. So their internet radio, as well as on campus radio, they didn't have an impact like WSOU yes. uh, 89.5 did. You know, I was a music director there. I was also the production manager. So I try to get as many interviews as possible. I try to do as many things to, to, to promote the radio station as possible. So it led to the point where now they have an internet presence and uh you know i'm proud of the red stormers i don't know if they're still called that but, yeah the red storm you know, right? uh, of course. they were red storm when i was a student which if this offends I anyone say, i apologize I say, they were called the red men at one every, point everything is offensive the redskins they got to change their name uh, i can't don't even get into that that's i'm that's not i'm not this is not a poli no politics that's my hashtag we stand in the middle i believe in balance i don't believe fall left I don't believe far right. You know what? I don't even have to tell you. It creates imbalance. Division. It creates division. Exactly. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I'm not far one way or the either or, or the other. I 
you know, I, I try to be objective with everything. And I'm glad that you feel the same way too, which is why I'm glad he's on the Music is Life podcast. There you go. Continue. There was a following that was available to you guys in Europe. So with Toxic Rain, you signed there. Right. And the question being that when Holy Mother was releasing music in Europe on labels, it was during a time of flux in the music industry itself. The idea of self-releasing, I think at that time, still hadn't even come into play. So the question was the changes with the music industry and your adaptation to them. As far as answering that question, it's it's the change was the grunge era. Pretty much. Is that word right? I mean, so we actually just wanted to go with, you know, my roots of heavy metal and singing, you know, being influenced by Dio and all. I didn't really try to follow a trend. You know, we just wanted to do straight heavy metal, power metal. They they categorized it as uh, Holy Mother was power metal. Which is not a bad thing. No. I love power no. metal. I, I just had Sasha from Halloween on my show the week before. So well, they're, they're doing very well right now, by the way. Their new album is killer. Kill, killing. It really is. Hope to get. We're hoping to get on tour with, with Halloween sometime in the near future, I hope. Okay, hold on a minute. Public service announcement. Hey, Sasha Gerstner fan page from Instagram. Check out Holy Mother. Get them on tour with Halloween next year. Okay, see if you can get them to open up the Halloween Hammerfall tour in Europe. Make it happen. That's really, awesome. check their album out. Thank you. That's awesome. It's funny that you mentioned that, though, because did I hate grunge? No. There were some good bands that I liked from that era. Like, I thought Alice in Chains and Soundgarden oh, were Chains. two of the best. I, I love just, Alice in Chains. I hate I hate it when people refer to them as grunge because to me it's just good hard rock the same way it's like you know if you were a metal band in in '94 they immediately dumped you in with hair metal I, mean, I just think it's that because because they came out of Seattle that's why yeah, but so did Hendrix so did Queensrÿche so does Queensrÿche right right but that was the time you know what I mean so people I mean Soundgarden I, I Chris Cornell is phenomenal I love that guy so. Again, you know, um, even a couple, you know, I, I can, Nirvana wasn't my favorite, but, you know, I give him credit for what he did, you know? God bless I, him. I didn't hate Nirvana. I guess my thing with them was like everything. It just got overexposed in a right. short period of time. Like, you know, you didn't get to enjoy it. And do I think that it was undeserved that they became as successful as they did? No, I don't think it was undeserved. But, you know, Kurt just kind of wanted to be left alone and just do his music, not be the poster boy for, uh, you know, Tiger Beat or MTV. Tiger Beat. That's Tiger Beat. Those the old uh, that magazine you're talking about, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I think the fame, I mean, that got to him, you know, the overexposure, like you said. He he had issues, you know, he really did. He Uh, definitely did. With Holy Mother's presence on the European metal scene, were some of the magazines, such as Metal Hammer, taking notice of you? Oh, God, yeah. We got amazing reviews in Rock Hard Germany, Rock Hard Italy, Rock Hard Spain, but mainly Rock Hard Germany. I mean, we were like top four when Toxic Rain came out. That's an amazing accomplishment. um, Metal Hammer as well. Metal Hammer, Germany. See, Metal Hammer releases in different countries as well. Even this year, Rock Hard gave us a great review for Face to Sperm. Awesome review, which is really important, you know, because that's their biggest, that's the biggest magazine or now it's online as well, as we know. We did, you know, the the score, whatever. They give you like a score and a chart. I think we're we're up there in the top, I think the top 10. So we did really well. That is amazing. There's so many different magazines. We were in so many different things. And this year I've done more interviews than I think ever. There was a little lull after like two months after the record was released, actually. And uh, I just started up again i did two in in uh in france they're digging the uh the album and then in the single the mean street single i actually got another one coming up uh a german guy who lives in the philippines that's coming up i mean we're, we're getting a lot of exposure and i gotta i gotta say i gotta thank massacre for that as well that's great that uh a label like massacre that you're signed to is promoting it as much as they are it shows that they're really doing their job i think it's great when artists release stuff on their own. I think it's great when independent labels actually see value and merit in the art itself and do what they're supposed to do and help get it out there. You know, I will say this. I didn't get to see a a copy of the actual physical copy of the new album, but I know that on July 29th, Holy Mother will be headlining D. Snyder's record release party for his new record, July 29th at Stereo Garden in Patchogue, New York. And if you show up, make sure you buy Exactly. from exactly. Holy Mother. Appreciate it. We were honored because of our manager, Danny Stanton, manages Dee Snyder, so he manages Holy Mother now. Dee requested that he wanted Holy Mother to play his record release, which is That's great. That's awesome. He's a great guy. And you he both, really uh, is. Both you and Dee, definitely. No, I, I, I met Dee Snyder at Lyric Studios.
was in Garden City. I was walking in and he was coming out and he actually said hello. And I was like, holy shit, I just met Dee Snyder. I he's mean, a very the- charitable guy. Everybody likes him. You know, everyone says the same thing. Oh, he's a great guy. You know, he's very personable and he's he does a lot of charity too for a lot of different things, as I think you know. He, he does, does the uh, motorcycle rides for charity. Right. How many people do that on an annual basis? I mean, last year, obviously, it was difficult, but, you know, it's probably one of the most successful. Andy performs at the end of it, usually, which right. is great. And you both share a bass player, Russell. Right. He'll be there. I'm looking forward to showing up and getting to see you guys live, if it's okay with you, if I could record some content for the podcast and show yeah. it. We, well, what we're doing, too, we have a, we have a three-camera crew that's going to be there and it's uh it's going to show it's going to be a live feed all over the world so people in germany people in japan fans that i have whatever in europe in japan they're they're going to be able to view the show live for i think it's like 9.99 or whatever you sign on and boom you can see the show and then we're going to show it again later on ten dollars for an awesome concert really you can't go wrong i'll make sure we post all the links in the description don't worry but we want people to show up because obviously we want to feel the energy and the camera's going to see all the people we want to pack the place. It's at Stereo Garden in Patchogue, which is a beautiful venue. They only open for, for events. That's it. They're, they're not just a bar. It's going to be a buffet, gourmet buffet included in the ticket. It's going to be a great night. It's just great to get together with a bunch of people, fans and friends and family going to be there. And we're going to have a great time. And it's going to hopefully sound amazing. And get ready to rock the fuck out because Holy Mother's taking over Stereo Garden in Patchogue. That's what I say. By the way, if anybody remembers, that place used to be the Emporium. Exactly. Oh, man. They remodeled it. It's even better. Really? It's great. Like completely gutted or just? I don't think they gutted it. I think they just did some renovation here and there and and cosmetically and some different things. You know, they got the different seating. You got the pit down in the pit. And then you got the balcony, which couches. And, you know, it's very kind of emulated after the Paramount and and, uh, Huntington. That's a great venue. I love the Paramount. I've seen. The best. Um, who have I seen there? I've seen Anthrax, Testament, Death Angel. I've seen Clutch. Yeah. I wanted to go to Judas Priest when they played there two nights in a row, but I had seen them twice in 2018. And I was like, I'm because at the time my daughter was born. So I'm like, nah, I saw Priest twice already. I'm, I'm good. I'll pass this time. And then they played album cuts that I would have loved to have heard. Like they played Out in the Cold from Turbo. I'm, I, I like Turbo, but I love the song Out in the Cold. And I'm like, crap, I would have loved to have seen them play that. Of course. We, it's funny because I saw Priest. Last time I saw Priest was Las Rages. It's a uh, oh my goodness! It was a great festival. It had Priest, it had Saxon, it had In This Moment, it had Five Finger Death Punch, which I, I love what they do now for the production end of it more so. A great, great, great show. And uh, Priest sounded great. I had a great time. Me and my buddy uh, Wayne Banks from England. He plays in uh, Messiah's Kiss with a bass player. Very cool. By the way, there is one person I want to give a shout out to, and that is your lovely wife and publicist Janet Torelli, definitely who hooked me up with a lot of information and set this up between us. So I just wanted to give her a shout out to everyone out there. Love your wives, especially if they're your publicist. Okay. She deserves uh, it. She keeps me intact, keeps me focused, keeps me organized. Everything else. Everything's great. She's great. Yeah, that's a good woman. No doubt about it. I would know. I'm married 13 years. Speaking of Messiah's Kiss, that was a band that you joined in the early 2000s. They're German. You've released four albums with them. I think I read in an interview that you were, you, you had put a hold on Holy Mother sometime around 2003 and started releasing music with Messiah's Kiss in 2004. Uh, What was the impetus for that at this point in your career? Well, pretty much I felt that Holy Mother, uh, me and Jim broke up at the time. I did the last record by myself, just me and Randy. I had John Macaluso uh, play drums on the demos and um, I actually recorded the drums myself. It didn't come out right. So I had to re-record the drums and I did that in Hamburg, Germany. I had to fly Frank Gilchrist all the way over to Germany because I was on tour with Messiah's Kiss. But basically what really gave me the motivation was just because Messiah's Kiss just started to take off. We signed a deal with SPV, Steamhammer, and uh, Ron Hansel was our manager at the time. And uh, he actually, you know, got the deal for us. Our first show was at Vakken Open Air. I mean, you couldn't couldn't beat it. The record came out, SPV, Vakken, Messiah's Kiss, new band, crazy. And these guys were all local guys from Dienstock in Germany. They were fans of Holy Mother. And they contacted me to sing on their a- album, which I denied, I think like four or five times. I'm like, nah, I don't want to do it. Uh, then I listened to it. And I'm like, hey, it's pretty catchy, you know? They we reached out to a guy where we recorded some of the Holy Mother albums in Bolcom, Germany. His name is Detlef the Mormon. And Detlef called me. He's like, hey, he calls me Rockman. Hey, Rockman. <laughs> he goes, uh, you know, these guys really would like you to do it. You know, how much money? Uh, 
you know, so we worked out the, the finances, but I was like, yeah, I'll come over. I'll learn the stuff and I'll get to hang out with my buddy Do- uh, Detlef in, in Bolcom in his studio. It'd be great. Fly over there. We recorded the album. Ronna Hanser was managing me, a holy mother. And then he heard the Messiah's Kiss stuff and he was so excited. And he got it signed to SPV, just like my last album. Agoraphobia was on SPV. So with that said, first show at Vakin Open Air. There's like 50,000 people we played in front of the first Sure. Anyone who's a musician and into metal, I think that's like their their dream is to play Vakken. Play Vakken twice, and we want to play again with Holy Mother and then Messiah's Kiss. So can I go as a roadie? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Are you kidding me? All right, I'll pay my way. <laughs> um, so we play Vakken, and after the show, we sat around and had a big meeting with with SPV and Rana Hansel that we were preparing for a Doro Pesh tour. We were out with Doro for two months, like, I don't know, 14 countries, Wolfgang, whatever it was. So we were out, I was out a good October till December. It was great. Really, really great. The, the first album did really well. And then from there, you know, was with that kind of success and, you know, the touring, I was very, you know, excited about it, obviously. And uh, I just kept going with the Messiah's Kiss thing for a while. And things didn't go as planned. Band members didn't want to do certain tours. And they turned down some big tours. One being Testament was a, was a big one that we could have toured with. And then and had, they turned it down? Well, yeah, check it out. I'm, I'm letting it like out. I'm letting wolf. the cat out of the bag. All right. True confession time on the Music is Life podcast. Confess! <laughs> Take it away, Mike. <laughs> I know, right? Now, Eddie is my buddy. He's the drummer, Eddie uh, Ashta, in Messiah's Kiss. He kind of runs the band in Europe, in Germany. And he didn't want to do the Testament tour. And I didn't know about it. I did not know about it because Rana contacted him. And then I found out later. Then we had potential the Dio tour. That would have cost a lot of money because it was extensive. And But yeah. that's return of investment right there doing a Dio tour. Please don't get me don't get me started. So we missed that. The Dio tour. It's simple economics. I know, I know. We go out with Dora. We do so well. And then uh, we had the uh, opportunity to go out with Testament. That was a, more of a solid one. The deal thing, SPV and our publishing company would have to come up a little bit more money. So it was like, if we pushed for it, I believe we probably could have got it if we did the Testament thing, you know? So after that, we released, I think, what was the second album? I think it was, if my wife was in my life at the time, like she said, we would have did that. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we did another album. It this came is out. so heartbreaking. It was uh, produced by Nikolos Kasov, who is a brilliant musician, guitar player played with robin gibb for for many years and he had his own band uh what's the name of the band um brazen abbott i don't know if you ever heard of brazen i have heard of brazen abbott yes jolin turner sang on a lot of the records Mm -hmm. so whatever we did that it wasn't a lot it wasn't as successful as the first one then we came out with Dragonheart, and um i think we did a couple festivals but again it's just a conflict on who wanted to do what tours and it's just i guess family things getting in in the way eddie has his own business and just things didn't happen now was the you know that's why massage kiss didn't get to that level that it should have been mm-hmm. it's rough especially being a musician who almost had their name signed on the contract until i read the contract and i said you know what i know now that this is not going to work for me but yeah. so many musicians work their way to achieve the dream and then once they get the dream they have to work just as hard if not harder right. to maintain and surpass the dream right and it is a commitment it if was you- tough yeah. Even that tour was tough because I remember the album comes out, first album, boom, boom, boom. We had some good support from from our um, from our uh, record label and, and Gamer who laid out like an advance, a publishing advance. I'm coming from the states. I'm going in. I'm going into a band that's all Germans, and I'm the only guy who speaks English. Did you learn the I mean, language they all at speak all? English well, but I felt so. I'm like, I got to get. You know, you got to come up with some money and I made him pay me in advance, you know, which they did, but you know, it gets expensive. And then some of the other guys have jobs, you know, like I did too. And you got this sacrifice. The only way you can be successful in any business is commitment, sacrifice, and being consistent. It's the only way, no matter what business you're in. And that's, I hear you. That's it. I don't care if you're a roofer or you have your own business doing construction or, or your own podcast or podcast. You just gotta, you know, you gotta be out there. You know, people forget about you fast. Oh. Yes, your name comes true. up and they're, oh, I know. Him. Oh, Mike, Tur- yeah, I remember. You got to stay fresh. Yeah, you don't ever want to end up in the whatever happened to right, category. Right. got to stay relevant as, as so. possible. Look at Glenn Hughes. You know, he's always doing something. God oh bless him. God. And he sounds great still. Dead Daisies, you know, I, I, it's a great band. And I think it's a great thing that Glenn 
Glenn's in it, but he stays very busy, Glenn. And he's a great singer, great musician, and that's why he, he's mm-hmm. he's where he is. He deserves to be where he is. Sacrifice. I mean, he, he puts so many of these younger singers to shame because he still sings in key. He still has yeah. his voice. I actually have to thank Tony Iommi for keeping his name in the public because of those two so, albums that he did with him. I had completely forgotten about Glenn Hughes after Seventh Star right. came out. And I remember because my brother had bought the cassette when the album came out. And then by the next album, they replaced him with Tony Martin, who was a great singer as well. But I had forgotten about Glenn Hughes. And then, you know, there were those two Iomi albums with Glenn Hughes. I'm like, holy crap, why did he ever leave? Well, if, if you want to know that, there's plenty of Black Sabbath YouTube videos out there that explain the whole story. But we're not here to talk about Sabbath. Maybe a different day. Well, but I just say Glenn is, you know, amazing. You know? Yeah, he is. He is. He's absolutely I saw amazing. his solo and, thing uh, when he played at uh, at the Paramount, actually. I saw him. Okay. Right. Did you get to see him do the uh, Deep Purple uh, show that he did at uh, Westbury? I didn't see that. That must have been amazing. Yeah. He just performs cuts from Burn, Stormbringer, and Come Taste the Band. That would have been really cool oh, to yeah. have seen. But alas, I didn't. I think my daughter was born at the time. Sorry. Daddy priorities. After Dragonheart from Messiah's Kiss was released, you had received the news that you had stage three stomach cancer. This hit me hard because I lost my father to stage four cancer. And it's nothing that I wish on anyone even my worst enemy. You underwent a lot of surgery to be rid of it, including the process of having your stomach removed. Exactly. I had a full gastrectomy. And you know, I have great days and I have bad days. Today, I, I didn't have a great day as far as my digestion goes. I try different things. It just sometimes hit a miss, you know. Um, I've had some difficulties. I had some intersusception where my intestine goes into each other sometimes and blockage and I get extreme pain. But you know, it's just things I'm just happy to be alive. And, you know, so are we. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. If anything, it has not diminished your vocal performance. You sound great on this new record. Thank you. And you can tell that it's not studio magic that's fixing your voice. Like it's coming from here. Like it's coming from within and you're just exerting it. One of the things that I love about the new album, it's a metal album. And you say that at one point, Holy Mother fit under the umbrella of a power metal. Right. But to me, I can't say, and I said the same thing about Images of Eden, who I had on my show a couple of months ago, who also opened up for Doro at one point when Doro was touring the States with Metal Church. If you asked me who Holy Mother sounds like, I would just say Holy Mother. It doesn't sound like a Fate's Warning. It doesn't sound like an Armored Saint. It doesn't sound like anything that would fall under the realm of any of the other bands on Massacre or any band on Metal Blade or Nuclear Blast. I always say that the best bands are the ones who take their influences, throw everything in the proverbial blender, throw it against the wall and seize what sticks. That's exactly what I did on this album. It shows because it's some of the most original music that I've ever heard. I would say, just like Halloween's new album, it's up there in my, if not in my top 10, my top five albums for 2021 so far. So congratulations on a job well done with that. Sally, though, we did lose Randy Coven on May 20th, 2014, and he left behind a great body of music and played with musicians like, well, such as yourself and also Blue Saracino and Ingve Momstein. What are your fondest memories of him? Um... I have a lot of a lot of great memories of Randy. Um, Randy also played with Steve Vai too and Zach Wild. Did a lot of stuff with those guys too. And I did not uh, know that Al Petrelli and all that. Um, you know, I, I liked uh, just being on stage. His presence. I mean, he was one of the best bass players I've ever played with in my life. Some of the memories we had when we used to go to Europe all the time and, and record albums, and uh, he was just a character. You know, always a, a fun guy to be around. I just remember being mostly the, my fondest memories of Randy is just being on stage with him and he's always having a great time and you know and just seeing him smile on stage it always gave me a uh, an encouragement a boost you know that's what counts yeah yep leading up to the return of holy mother and i don't know if i'm getting this wrong in my pronunciation of it is it riot five or riot v or was it riot i played in riot now there's Riot 5 because Mark Reale was the only original guy. He passed away mm-hmm. four years ago. Or five years. From Crohn's disease, unfortunately. Crohn's, yeah. yeah. I was in Riot with Mark Reale, Mike Flint. Frank Gilchrist was playing drums. It wasn't Bobby Jazan back at the time. Pete Perez was playing bass. That was uh, Riot. Now they have Riot 5. Great, great band. Yeah, amazing so, uh, band live. They're great. Great friends of mine. Fire Down Under is probably one of my favorites from that 
period of metal and hard rock when it came out. Holy crap. Still a listen to that record. So your body of music and performances definitely define a long storied career. And that still continues to this day. What is it that keeps you going? You, I know you mentioned before that it's just the thrill of being on stage. and It is. It's you know. definitely, you know what? It's that and also just writing and making, a, you know, my own music always seems to fuel me, you know? And then on this album, I experimented a lot. I wanted to bring a more modern sound to the band. And I used Kane Cherko to co-produce, but uh, mix the album and master the record. And I think that's what brought that more of a, um, you know, relevant sound a more modern sound to Holy Mother. Basically, I play music in all different styles too. I'm also in an eight-piece band, a wedding band. I've been doing that for 15 years and I get to play all different styles, you know, so I just love music, you know, just keeps me going. And then when I play with that kind of music, the other kind of music, it, it makes me think, oh man, I just want to do my own music, you know? So I hear you. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. I, I am a heavy metal, hard rock singer as well. And a damn good one at that, sir. But right. <laughs> I will say this though, when I saw you do a cover of To Be With You from Mr. Big with Richie Castellano of Blue Oyster Cult. Yeah, Richie. I loved it. And I was just like, my God, this holds up just as good as the original version. Little history. I don't know Richie personally, but my wife, Erin, went to SUNY Purchase with him. And oh. Richie was, I think, maybe two years or three years ahead. And they had known each other in the Conservatory of Music. When we went to go see Blue Oyster Cult perform a free concert in Massapequa Park in 2014, my wife is watching and she's like i know that guy yeah, how and is that right He's yeah she's like oyster cult. she's like richie's in blue oyster cult i'm like you know the lead guitar player in blue oyster cult she's like oh you should get him on your show i'm like i don't know richie Castillo. i can get him on your show really definitely. I, I would hate to impose but no 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 i will definitely i'll do that i'll reach out to rich richie is uh he's like the md of a blue oyster cult i mean he, he's, he's their music songs director and everything he's brilliant He's brilliant and a super, super guy. Really. I believe it. I love their album that they released last year. It is a killer record. I could not put it down. <laughs> we got we I... got Jules uh, Rodino on drums. Jules mm -hmm. is a friend of mine. Then you got Danny Don't... Miranda. Right, Danny. right, right. Danny played with Queen and he's playing with Blois the Colt uh, as well. Bobby Rondinelli actually played with uh, Blois the Colt for a while. Bobby, yes, I know Bobby very well from when he played with Rainbow and he also played in Sabbath. And I met him once, quite a gentleman, such a nice guy. Actually, funny enough, we were playing in Patchogue. I think there was a venue that was open in October of 2010 and closed in January. I think the biggest band that they had was Overkill. In Patchogue? Did you say? Yeah, Club Karma, I think it was. Does that mean something? I, I don't think I've ever went there. I don't know. Yeah, it, it didn't last long. <laughs> It was it was open and closed within a matter of a, a season. And I had played there with Snakes and Arrows with Gary on vocals. Right. And we played with Completely Unchained. This was before Jake joined the band. Johnny was still the guitar player. Johnny and Roger. Randy, yes, Johnny Roger, a great talent. Randy Jackson from Zebra was also there. And Hindenburg, which was a Zeppelin tribute that had Felix from Zebra and Bobby on drums. Something happened that night and they couldn't play. But I was hanging out with Bobby that night. He was such a cool guy. Bobby's a good friend of mine. He's now doing the Axel Rudy Pell thing, actually. Oh, he, he is yeah. playing with Axel Rudy Pell, right. Yeah, he's doing Axel Rudy Pell. Tried to get Very on tour cool. with them. These going on, I think, in October, but they already had somebody already, which is uh, would have been great for Holy Mother. Getting back been. to Richie, I did three videos with him. I did uh, Here I Go Again, Band Geek. With from White Snake. And then I did uh, Children of the Sea from Black Sabbath with Dio. Which, again, my favorite band of all time. I loved it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love I love Dio with Sabbath. It's great. Yeah, Richie is a phenomenal musician. And, you know, I think it's great that you open yourself to playing with musicians that are not just established, but also ones that, uh, not that I'm saying that Richie's not established. I mean, you know, he earned his mm -hmm. way, in, especially in Blue Oyster Cult and through studying music and working on music. And just the fact that you give him the rub and other musicians like that, I think it's great because I think it keeps things fresh. Definitely. And that's an awesome thing. So 2020, Holy Mother Resurrected with founding member Jim on drums, Jim Harris, Russell Zudo on bass, and new guitarist, Greg Giordano. My buddy from Terriginous. You know him? <laughs> do you know him? Yes, I do, because he taught at iSchool of Music and Art in Syosset with my wife. 
There you go. Your, so your wife is just as important as my wife in your life. <laughs> my wife is the most important thing to me because she go. also gave me my daughter, who I uh, love more than anything. But yeah, I mean, I, I was fortunate I got to marry a musician. So she gets why I do what I do. <laughs> she introduced me to Greg. I hit it off very well with him and John Bulo, who's also a guitarist and terrigenist. I had actually jammed Megadeth one night with Greg. <laughs> Greg was on a whole different level. I mean, he nailed every note that because we were thinking, why don't we start a Megadeth tribute? And then like I was playing and I'm like, I told my wife, I'm like, guys are too good. I can't. <laughs> I was, you know, I, I think he might have joked with Aaron and said he flubbed a couple of notes, but he's really good. I'm like, yeah, right? but yeah, you know what? The best, even the best. If you're not if you don't know the song, I don't care how good you are. I mean, come on. It makes yeah. sense. You got to know, you know, you got to do your homework just but like a, everything else. But a phenomenal um, guitar player, nonetheless. And he's a holy him. mother right now. And I can truly consider him one of the most technically gifted guitarists that are out there. And I'm not just saying that because I know him, but because I truly mean that. He is. So you mentioned earlier uh, what spawned the return of Holy Mother, which was you had a record out, thought it would be good for Messiah's Kiss until you said, you know, why don't we try resurrecting Holy Mother? And Massacre Records said, let's do it. But how did you come across uh, getting uh, Greg and Russell, the new guys for all intents and purposes in the band? Greg was recommended to me from Nick Lee, who plays guitar in Riot 5. V5. V5. Mike Flint's, I don't I don't know if you know Riot. Mike Flint's has been in the band for a long time. Yeah. He's got uh, a student, we're friends on Facebook. Yeah. He's got a student, Nick Lee, who's much younger than him, but he's amazing. I asked Nick, I said, Nick, you know, you have any recommendations? And he recommended Greg. I wanted to go see Greg. And I was like, oh boy, this guy's exactly what I'm looking for. I needed someone with who really knew music and is it was very technical as well i wanted a guy who could shred i'm like i want someone I, we always had great guitar players in holy mother we really did but i just wanted that element that greg has that we never had which is the shredding but also you know he's very melodic as well he doesn't just shred and we found it with him he's great and he sings sings well Yes, he does. With the stuff that he did with Terriginous, I was blown away. When I heard he was playing with you, I'm like, oh, damn, good for him. <laughs> it's great. Great, great. I mean, I'm, and he's a great guy. I mean, everything is smooth. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to uh, writing the next record, which I have tons of ideas. I mean, I got songs. I might even have 40 already. So I'm going to have Greg come in and we're going to work together on, on a lot of this stuff. And I'm excited about that. Possible double album? Oh, no, no. No double albums. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think it's safe to say that Greg definitely brings in a great progressive influence to the band that wasn't already defined by limitations that sometimes metal purists kind of place on metal. I mean, they do, unfortunately. Um, But, you know, again, as I mentioned, yeah, Holy Mother's a metal band, but it can't be compared to any other band. I mean, to me, the songs speak for themselves. The playing speaks for itself and the vocals speak for themselves. What I'd like to know is, was this by design to stand out with the new members? And do you feel as though that you hit your benchmark with Faces Burn now available on Massacre Records? Um, I do. I, I, I definitely do. I'm very, very satisfied with the album as far as production goes. Again, with Kane Cherko getting involved. The songwriting, basically I put together all, all, most of all the ideas with the music and stuff and uh, I just wanted to get it into an, a direction where we really sounded like just ourselves. Like you said, it doesn't sound like any other band. You'll see, you'll hear influences of course, but it's, does, you can't say this song sounds like this band exactly and blah 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 basically i think i really hit the mark on this album and the next album's got to be even better and i and i believe it will be well just so you know you are welcome back anytime on the music is live podcast to discuss your new music and i'll be more than happy to promote it if it is as any good as this record yes i'll take it absolutely good from the opening title track face of spurn to my favorite track which is legends no death reborn which again i mentioned was my second favorite favorite track you know great songs like the truth prince of the garden which i thought was a great social piece without being polarizing i'd have to say that the melodies the grooves it just brings a lot of life to the songs and of course the performances are just captured beautifully as they say in italy the one song that took me by surprise you know what i'm gonna say i never thought i'd hear a metal version of a carpenter song yeah 
but you guys took Superstar and you nailed it. I'm like, wait a minute. I, I'm listening to it. And I'm like, is he saying, this is a Karen Carpenter song. Again, just full of heart, full of soul. And the instruments just gave it that bite. It gave it that attack. And I didn't recognize it at mm. first. So congrats to that. I mean, you did the purpose of what a cover song is supposed to do. It's, you know, covering the song, paying homage to it, but not being a direct copy right. of it. How did that come about? Just, just the idea to cover a Carpenter song? Well, you know, as a kid, my mom used to play, you know, a lot of different music. There's no musicians in my family. My brothers are all cops. My father was a cop. But my mother used to listen to some really good music, like Sly and the Family Stone plus Elvis. But um, the Carpenters were very popular in the 70s. And Karen Carpenter's voice was the most soothing thing I've ever heard in my life. The way she used to sing. and just... So I would always, you know, I wouldn't say I was a fan. I just grew up with it. And I would sing it to myself once in a while. I'm like, I think this would be a great, great cover for like a rock heavy metal thing. So I actually put it together with uh, Mickey James. I don't know if you know Mickey James. The name sounds familiar. I apologize. I can't put a name to a face. Um, he, um, who is Mickey? He's a basically he's a you know he's got his own studio. Mm-hmm. He's a bass player by trade. Plays all instruments. He plays in an Aerosmith tribute thing now. I don't know how else you would know him. He did uh, he worked with. Uh, Chris Angel for a while. Chris Angel Mind Freak? Yeah. Oh, okay. He writes All a right. lot of the stuff. He did for a long time. All right, now it's not familiar. So, okay. I, I, you know, I recorded all the tracks at his studio. He helped um, orchestrate the whole thing with me mm-hmm. brilliantly. He played some of the stuff. He played all the uh, strings on it. He really was a big part of that song. You know, I told him I wanted it to be a little dark, you know, not so happy. I gave it a shot. I'm like, hey, it's good. Let's, you know, let's, let's go with it. It fit really well in with the album. And again, you definitely added your own panache to the song. It fits in perfectly with the material that was originally written. And again, just the overall sonics of the album itself. It's, it's a solid piece of work. Again, I, I couldn't be happier for you in the band that this came out i will admit what got me to really take notice because i admit and i apologize for this but sometimes work-life balance and podcast life balance sometimes it doesn't keep me in the know of everything that's going on so it just so happened that i was scrolling through my instagram and the next thing i know the post was mean street coming out on this day and it had the eddie van halen frankenstrack colors on it i'm like wait a minute mike just covered a van halen song and wait a minute greg's in this band the day it came out I immediately put it on in my car as I was driving to work. I got to admit, it's one of the best Van Halen covers that I've heard in my life. It doesn't sound like a Van Halen song. Right. The way you did it, again, the attack of the instruments, the performances, you paid tribute to the music of Van Halen without being a direct copy of right. it. The first thing I noticed was that Greg used a seven string guitar. I've never heard anybody use a seven string guitar to Van That's Halen and it part. worked. That's the brilliant part of it. Mm-hmm. And on, on top of that, it's like <laughs> you out dave dave <laughs> dave is you know, amazing this... you gotta say i mean you gotta yeah dave is my favorite front man of all time he really is i mean what he did when he recorded in the studio the, the way his the, the attitude that he portrayed on all the songs with i actually listened to that you know a lot more um, attentive and, and listen to what he did. It was just brilliant. I wanted to bring a little more attitude the way I would bring it, you know? And I think we did a great job, like you say. But Greg was a big part of it, and I'll tell you why. He said to me, would you be opposed to pitching it up a half step? I'm saying... Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, why not? He goes, yeah, you wouldn't have a problem with it, just singing it a little higher. But the reason why he did that is because it's in A flat. We, as you know, you got a seven string, you got the B string. So with that said, you pitch it up, now it's an A. So you could take your B string, take it down full step. Drop to an A. Open string is an A. And it's deep. Mm-hmm. And he's playing, you know, with the seven string. So that gave it the edge. Greg was, that's what I believe that gave it that, you know, the punch and the edge. And that was Greg's idea because I picked a couple different songs and Greg's like, why don't we do Mean Street? I'm like, all right. So it was really Greg's idea. And and I'm happy you said that. I'm happy you said that too, because I've mentioned on my podcast before and to anyone that I've had this conversation with, Fair Warning is my all time favorite album. You know, I remember being a kid, four or five years old, and I had already seen Jump. So the only thing I knew about Van Halen was Jump, but my brothers had all the cassettes and one of them was fair warning and i couldn't understand the cover it was like a weird like anime drawn thing you know it was a clip of a painting called the maze and i remember the moment i put it on and mean street was the first song that came on and hearing the really frantic tapping that eddie's doing in the beginning in e flat of course just thinking that it reminded me a lot of the sirens the ambulance sirens and fire truck sirens and cop car sirens that i grew up listening to because in astoria i was right by the firehouse right near the 
hospital and right near the police department. That frantic energy was captured perfectly in Mean Street for me. So that's what I always remembered about Eddie. And just the moment it kicked in, that mm-hmm. funky groove where like, it just sounds like, my God, if I walk into the street, I'm going to get mm-hmm. my ass kicked. That was when I knew I was a Van yeah, Halen yeah. fan. And to hear you guys bring new life to the song, fucking A, kudos. Well, we Great got asked shit, first to do a uh, Van Halen tribute album. Is it that one, that Long Island-based one yeah. that a Peter, bunch of other Peter musicians Cooper did? Schmidt. Okay. He was the, uh, I guess he ran the whole thing. He's got his own label. And I think there's like 18 bands got asked. It, so you were asked to be part of that and, and then what happened? The, the album, whatever, it was on that album. And then we decided to give it to Massacre. We said, hey, listen, this could be great. You know, let I want you guys to release it as a single. We'll do a video. They agreed. We did the video. I, th- I think it was a great choice because everyone, we're getting all the same feedback that everyone is really blown away by what we did to it. The video is killer because it really acts as a good companion piece of the song. I mean, you know, some people just do videos and you're like, well, what does this have to do with the song? But it, it fits the frantic nature of the song so well. I got to ask, where was okay, the shot? A good question. We shot it at a uh, a strip club in North Babylon. I had <laughs> there's I many of book. them. We won't name which one. <laughs> you don't want to go to this one. I'm telling you, oh, it, was, okay. it was a swingers club, and it was uh someone that I knew. I'm like, hey, you know what? I want to do it here. I want to I want to do some live footage here, and then I got uh, Jim Harris. His brother lives in Florida. He's going to do mm-hmm. all the conceptual footage. And all the footage uh, so we sent okay. them all the yeah. We sent everything to him. He had his son in the video, and his son played an amazing part. His Jim's brother was rick harris uh the village beat is his uh i guess his uh, company name or whatever he did the video he did a brilliant job his son was great in it and we loved it he did a really nice you know great job and it was didn't cost that much believe it or not all the other ones all the other videos cost a little bit more this one was a lower budget but i think it came out amazing it did i mean whoever edited it together did a great job so rick uh, yeah rick did oh it was rick okay you released the killer new album with holy mother i love it and I will promote it till I'm blue in the face. Thank you. And I guess the only question is, other than the possibility, well, no, the, the definite fact that you're going to be recording new music again with the new lineup with Greg Russell and Jim, what are the plans for the rest of 2021 or 2022 for Holy Mother? So far, we've been reaching out to so many different booking agencies and musicians and bands. It's really hard to get get on some of these bigger tours and festivals because it's a copy-paste situation since COVID moved, you know, whatever was in 2020 got moved to 2021. But we, um, we're doing the D. Snyder record release party on the 29th. Then we're doing a tour. We actually a book we booked a tour in Europe this, uh, in December of this year. So uh, we're getting all the dates. Some of the countries we'll be playing are uh, Croatia, Germany, Czech Republic, Italy, France, Slovenia, Poland. It's uh, December 1st through the 19th, actually. So we're getting all the definite dates and where we're going to be. So far, I think we've got a couple definite dates. One's going to be in uh, part where, actually where Messiah's Kiss lives, which is close to uh, Dusseldorf. They live in a town called Dienstlaken. And it's going to be, the first show is going to be, I'm not the first show, but December 11th, we know is going to be in Oberhausen. And uh, all the Messiah's Kiss guys uh, will be down there and we'll go up and play some Messiah's Kiss songs as well. That is really cool. You, again, I have to emphasize, you don't really hear a lot about like bandmates from past bands who still get along to this day. Cause they'll say, Hey buddy, let's go on stage and jam. I mean, that's a great thing. And honestly, Mike, it speaks a lot to your character. I knew who you were when we met and you did not make me feel like I was beneath you. You treated me with the same kindness and respect as you would a Glenn Hughes. And I've always appreciated that about your character, which is why I'm so beyond happy that you beat your cancer. I'm so happy that you have Holy Mother and you have your new album and things are looking great for you. And honestly, it's it's very well deserved. Anything you'd like to plug, such as any websites where the good people of planet Earth can find more about you and Holy Mother. I definitely want to plug my Facebook uh, page, which is Mike, Mike Torelli. I want, you know, people can follow Holy Mother, Mike Torelli, Holy Mother, my YouTube channel, Instagram, you know, keep up on that and you'll see all the posts and all the shows that we're going to be doing. I guess that, that should do it. 
There's right. a story I wanted to tell you about Gary. Oh, uh, Gary Factoris, who he's referring to. Gary is a very dear friend right. of both of ours. I was his bass player slash keyboard player in Snakes and Arrows, which was the Rush Trivia Band, which was how I got to know about Mike because his wife, Janet, was very supportive exactly. of us back in the day. So thank you, Janet. My pleasure. <laughs> Where'd that come from? She's somewhere. <laughs> Are you feeding Mike yeah. Andrew down there? Yeah. Yeah. She's like... <laughs> anyway, Gary, I met like so many years ago. He was a big fan of Eric Adams' Manowar. He never told me he was a fan of Manowar. <laughs> Oh, he was back. He used to always say to me, you got to hear Eric Adams. I'm like, I don't really like his voice. I used to say to him, I don't really like that guy. I actually did some shows with Man of War. We did a big festival, Messiah's Kiss, called the Magic Circle. Oh, Huge. that was their festival, I think. Yeah, 30,000 people. It was awesome. You can find that online, actually, that video. It's called Blood, Sweat, and Tears. It was a great video with Messiah's Kiss. But Gary was a big fan of Eric Adams and Man of War. As my wife says, man, why does she say man, man of War, she says. I'm like, who says it like that. We're from the Europeans. Mano War. Mano War. I know she hangs out with all the German friends too. Manowar. That's how they say it. And Gary used to come see me sing at the third rail in St. James. In, in St. James, okay. He was in a band. I don't remember the band name, but Gary's a great singer too. So we hit it off right away. You know, he's such a, a great guy, great singer. That was the time when Dream Theater was looking for a singer and he used to come down and see me all the time because they lived right in uh, like Smithtown, St. James. Yeah, uh, I, I think, yeah, I, I believe John Petrucci actually lives right. in St. James. Don't worry, I won't give his address because I don't know it. Kings Park, he, he went to Kings Park High School and they used to come down and they wanted me to be the singer when they changed to Dream uh, They used to be called Majesty. Right, and then Charlie Dominici joined the band and then they changed it to Dream Theater, right. correct? And they were, you know, but I'll tell you what, I didn't want to be the singer of that band. First of all, I didn't know they were going to be so freaking huge, but I was so intimidated by, by their music and what they did. I was like, this is not for me. I remember the first time I went over there, they're like, you got to come over. Just calm. Don't worry about it. Blah, blah, blah. They had like a blackboard set up in the room and they started writing out time signatures. This one we're going to do a 9-8. This one, I'm like, I went like this. I can't be in this band. There's no way. I just don't know. Wow. And then John's like, you could sing. Don't worry. You don't have to sing like that. Everything could just be, you know, on four and, you know, six, eight, whatever. That's nothing. I'm like, I was so intimidated. But anyway, talking with Mike Portnoy now, he always brings that up. Oh, you know, we were, we were touting you, we were scouting you for all these years. You could have been the singer. You know, he says it in a good way, but it's kind of flattering. Yeah, you could still be the drummer in Dream Theater. Right, right. <laughs> kind of flattering that Mike says that to me now, but, but it's all good. I figured that, that was the days with Gary and, and, uh, Mike Portnoy. And, uh, and um, John Petucci. Wow. And you're still friendly with Mike yeah, Porter yeah, to we, this day? We talk, uh, you know, on Facebook, not that often, but yeah, he comments and, you know, say hello and all that kind of stuff. Images and Words is my favorite album from them. Just something about that album when it came out, I just thought it was, I don't know. I mean, 92, I felt like was a great year for a lot of metal releases. I mean, you had Dream Theater, Images and Words. You had Pantera's Vulgar Display of Power. Metallica was riding the wave of success with the Black Album. Halloween, unfortunately, was in between Pink Bubbles Go Ape and uh, Chameleon, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> Greg, Greg is the, a uh, huge fan. The truth. John Petucci. Oh my God. You don't say. Of course, I knew huge that fan. so well. He was playing in Ernie Ball, an Ernie Ball John yeah, Petrucci model, exactly. isn't he? Yep. Makes mm-hmm. sense. He loves that guy. He actually, I think he knows every Dream Theater solo there is. He does, and that's mm. not an easy feat. I could play Pull Me Under in my younger days. Now I'm just like, no, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> but, you know, oddly enough, the last show that I did with Snakes and Arrows, Gary and I, we were able to do two songs that were not Rush songs. One of them was Driven to Tears by the Police, and the other one was Pull Me Under, where I got to do bass and play keys with with my bass pedals, with the feet. That was a significant show for me because my late brother, the one who made me want to become a musician, was at that show with my wife. He said something beautiful to me that when I got off stage, he said, you surpassed me. There you go. And I never expected to hear him uh, ever tell me that. That's why you do music. It made you feel good, right? That's same reason people say nice things it, it, you know it's a nice thing to hear yeah. do something that you love and people appreciate it you know especially when it's your brother yeah. that's great yeah who I miss dearly and you know like every time I do this podcast and I talk about music with you know people that I just met or people that I'm friends with you know it's a way for me to keep them close that's great. Um, not to get deep or anything people but you know we all have our reasons for get, getting into music if you want to know more about how I did just listen to past episodes mm-hmm. to be able to have you know great musicians such 
as Damiano Christian from Sacred Oath on the show, Sasha Gerstner from Halloween, and now we have Mike Torelli from Holy Mother. It's, it's a testament to my love for music that the mainstream is not covering. But most importantly, it's a testament to the talent of people like Mike who put the music out for people to consume. Oh, there is one question I got to ask. So you mentioned you were not really a fan of Eric Adams, but we both mentioned Halloween. So who's your preference, Eric Adams or Michael Kiske? Don't look to Janet to tell you the answer. (laughs) I have my answer. She has her answer. Getty Um, Lee. Yeah. I would say Halloween more so. Um, All right. Not that Eric Adams, I just was not into that whole warrior kind of. Conan the Barbarian type yeah, Robert yeah, yeah. E. Howard but, metal. I get it. But you know what? They, they really got it down, man. They, they've they been very successful. They're huge in Germany, too. I mean, they put that festival together. For, I mean, it's like 25,000, uh, 20, 25, 30,000 people for, at that festival. It was amazing. And, and that's, the show is amazing. That's like, one of the beautiful things about Europe is the fact that they don't care what the genre is. They just love music. I don't want to insult our home country. God knows I love our country. Proud of the fact that I'm from here. If I wouldn't have the opportunity that I would anywhere else that I have here. But it's musical taste. Just I just find it so fickle because it's yes. very flavor of the month. You and yep. flavor of the month. That's the way it is here. It's, it's getting a little better. I mean, we do have um, the states have great festivals now. I mean, the Blue Ridge Festival is amazing. I mean, I can't believe they got all those artists to play. It's amazing. I'm actually going to it because Janet's forcing me to go to it. But not that she's forcing me, but she she kind of like uh put it all together i should say the trip and everything it's in virginia it's mm-hmm. amazing but there's some good you know good festivals now there's m3 m3, m3 which m3? caters right. to the music that we love and right. uh be cool for you to guys to get on that i would love to hear that holy mother made it to vakin again i just <laughs> wish the the best for everything that you're doing anyone that you want to give a shout out to before we close it up for the night i guess i want to give a shout out i did already to my beautiful wife that's she's right here i have to i'm kidding <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm my old. daughter, but she probably is not going to watch this anywhere. She's a very, very talented 13 year old musician. Um, she sang on a lot of the uh tracks on this on the uh, Face This Burn album. That's her, a lot of stuff, yeah, on, on okay. uh, No Death Reborn. That That's like three years ago when I recorded her vocals, so you know, 10 to 13 is a big, you know, a big step up where her voice matured, you know, mm-hmm. but um, she's got amazing pitch. I mean, I think she's got perfect pitch, which is incredible Um, and great musical sense. She plays three instruments and uh, give her a shout out. I give a shout out to Danny Stanton for putting the show together on the 29th with D Snyder. Shout out to D Snyder for, you know, giving us the opportunity to play his record release party. Everybody who supports Holy Mother, that's it. And being, you know, part of the Long Island scene as well. I'll take it. And once again, to remind everyone, July 29th, Stereo Garden in Patchogue, D. Snyder's record release show. His yes, new record's did. being released on Napalm Records. Holy Mother's Faces Burn is available now on right. Massacre Records. Right. And they will be headlining and performing at right. D. Snyder's record release show. So go to Stereo Garden's website. All links will be in the description below. Check it out. Support them. These guys deserve it. Big shout out to the members of Holy Mother that are not here. Jim, Russell, and Greg. Mr. Mike Torelli, thank you from the bottom of my blackest heart. Thank you so much for I guess, being I guess I forgot to shout out to my boys, man. Greg and Jim and Russell. Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, they just uh, sent me a text Lou message. We quit. No, just kidding. <laughs> Lou did it for me. Thank you. Of course I do it for you. I mean, hey, look, I mean, you guys are Holy Mother. We need to keep the family together. That's what I want. I want to hear more music and I want to see more live performances. Great. I will be there July 29th and awesome. I look forward to meeting the rest of the guys and having them on the show. If they'd be willing to have it, give them some time. Looking forward to it. Looking forward yeah, to metal shows coming back to Long Island. If you want, you know, bring some um, memorabilia or, or some merch that you have or just you want to give out something at our table feel free who me yeah i don't have merch but All right, uh, whatever. we got to give you a shout out somehow right oh no i i don't do this for the accolades i do it for the love of the music and to keep it out there i All i don't right, have we'll that, see you that night. It's gonna I, be I will be there and i will be there with money to buy stuff so thank you. <laughs> don't worry about it mike appreciate thank it. you again for being on the show tonight thank you so much i appreciate it really
Thank you so much. No I problem. will see you soon, Lou. Thank you. De- definitely. If you want to learn more about the Music Is Life podcast, check it out over at musicislifepodcast.com. Also check out our parent network, ratsareview.com. Ratsai Review and Anchor FM are who produce this show. And I want to give a quick shout out to all of the other podcasts that are on the network, including the Mothership Show, Ratsai Review, Beyond Bushido, which is a pro wrestling MMA podcast. Also check out Vieira Vault with Rob Vieira, who's the lead singer of Thrasher Die in Combat. Also check out Suck My Balls, the South Park podcast. I love it when people give a reaction to that. (laughs) Look at that. (laughs) That is its name. This is a tongue twister. Old Man Metals Musings. There, I said it. And also The Right Opinion with Harrison Bergeron. So remember, musicislivepodcast.com, ratsireview.com. Again, thank you to Mike Torelli and Holy Mother. And don't forget to buy the album Face to Spurn on Massacre Records right now. And remember, all art is valid. Have a good night. Thank you so much for listening to the Music is Live podcast. Music is Live podcast is brought to you by Anchor.fm and RatsaiReview.com. Check out the other shows on Ratsai Review, including Beyond Bushido, Old Man's Metal Musings, The Right Opinion, Suck My Balls, a South Park podcast, The Vieira Vault, and the Team Motoki podcast. Graphics for the video portion of the show were done by Rocky Baia. For commissions, find him on Twitter at R-O-C-K-Y-B-A-I-A. Intro and outro music for the show is Lose Control by The Rebel Medium, written by Jacqueline Guitard, Ernest Leug, and myself. If you'd like to donate to the channel, or if you're in a band and you want me to review you, then donate to my PayPal at musicislivepodcast at gmail.com. Special thanks to Wayne Noon and Greg Noggle, with much love and gratitude to Aaron, Anna, and Aloysius. For more information, including where to find me on social media, check out musicislivepodcast.com. And don't forget to check out ratsireview.com. Remember, all art is valid. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Looking for some new podcasts to listen to? Well, Rat Sound Review Network has plenty of shows to choose from. Like Rat Sound Review, where they discuss the latest rock and metal news, as well as interviews and albums. Album versus Album, the King Diamond Podcast, with Wayne Noon, Greg Noggle, and sometimes this guy. Smack him a gob! Ralph Vieira is also on our network with the Vieira Vault. There's also Old Man Metal's Musings, where he discusses heavy metal and beer. Music is Life with Lou Mavs. The Right Opinion for Those Who Love Politics, a South Park podcast called Suck My Balls, The Infinite Fringe, a watch-along wrestling show called Beyond Bushido, Extradivarius Guitarist, The Timo Tolki Podcast, and The Great Harry Barnett with I Don't Even Like Podcast and The Laughcast. So check out RatsoundReview.com or search RatsoundReview on YouTube, Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. 